Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fuse, a bomb podcast. 40 years ago, bomb began as a conversation between artists around a kitchen table in downtown New York. Today, Fuse brings you into the room to listen in on candid, unfiltered conversations about creative practice. Here's how it works. Bomb invites a distinguished artist to choose a guest from any creative discipline, an art crush, a close collaborator, or even a stranger they've admired from afar. And we bring them together. No host, no moderator, no interruptions. Just two artists in conversation. For this episode, we asked the musician O.K. Kaya who she'd most like to speak with. Without hesitation, she named the filmmaker John Wilson. John is an amazing documentary filmmaker and an amazing director of photography. Seems to really uh, be able to just connect with everyone that is around him when he's doing this project um, in a really heartwarming way and he, he just makes me feel really warm thoughts towards human beings. John Wilson is a New York City-based filmmaker who has been making low-budget documentaries for over a decade. His films eventually caught the eye of Nathan Fielder, who convinced HBO to give John his own TV show. How To with John Wilson is the result of this collaboration. Kaya Wilkins is a Norwegian-American, Berlin-based musician, composer, and artist who records and performs as OK Kaya. OK Kaya has released numerous acclaimed albums, most recently Watch This Liquid Pour Itself, followed by her companion album Surviving is the New Living. Kaya and John discuss how to find beauty in the unremarkable, how to shape self-doubt into art, and how to approach strangers with a camera. I got reintroduced to your movies, John, uh, when one of my best friends here in Norway, uh, Lisa, sent me the link to your how to on HBO trailer. Hey, New York. HBO is having a hard time uh, explaining what my show is, uh, so I, I just figured that I'd just try to do it myself. Usually the host of a TV show is uh, right in front of the camera, and you can see exactly where the uh, voice is coming from, which I guess people like. But in my show, you never really see the host. 
And that's because I'm actually behind the camera the whole time, uh, filming everything you see. So instead of having to uh, stare at me for the whole program, you get to see all the cool stuff that I, I like to film instead, which I think makes it a lot more exciting to watch. I spent a lot of time uh, walking around New York, trying to find the answers to some of life's biggest questions. When I watched the trailer, it reminded me of a film I had seen a few years ago that was called The Spiritual Life of Wholesale Goods. Oh, yeah. And I realized that you're the same person. And so, yeah, I feel really lucky and blown away by your show. And I want to say congrats on, on all the films you've done. I love your movies. They feel like some sort of immaculate glove. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a glove. Well, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you can knit everything together in a way that just fits. <laughs> oh, cool. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to call your work a glove. It seems weird. No, no, no. It, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a nice new... I, 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 people have been using a lot of similar words. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, and I'm really surprised that you saw that other spiritual life movie. A lot of my friends haven't even seen it. I became familiar with your work just through Spotify, maybe. I kind of just pick a song usually and just let the algorithm wash wash over me. I heard your music a few times without really knowing what it was. And then when uh, you asked me to do this, I looked you up again and I realized that I had already listened to and enjoyed your music before. So... Uh, I thought I, th I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's so cool! It's always really exciting when something that you've heard before or seen before just becomes, you know, it enters kind of the real world for you or your world. Uh, it always just like it feels so distant when you're just absorbing it on the internet. Yeah. But yeah, you're a real person, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into f filming in the way that you do? It was kind of born out of desperation, I, I, I think. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I, I would always use my just camcorder that my dad had at home, and I would always make scrappy stuff. I would, you know, I would make a movie every single day when I was a kid with, like, the, my friends in the neighborhood. And then... I used to make this show called The Johnny Show, which is just kind of like a talk show that I did in my room. And it doesn't, it seems like <laughs> nothing has changed still. Like I'm, I'm still <laughs> uh, 
basically just making the Johnny show, but with a bigger budget. But yeah, in, in filming the way that I do, I realized that I wanted to get into documentary around the same time that I started working for this private investigator right, right after college. It was just a really dreary, depressing job where I had to watch hours and hours of really banal footage every single day and just try to find one little incriminating moment in there. Whoa. That kind of trained me to, to, to kind of notice things that I didn't notice before. And I think that kind of went hand in hand with my obsession with filmmaking and kind of cameras in general. So I started taking cameras from the PI place and because, you know, they would have they would have these spy cameras that were sometimes broken and I would go and try to I would like repair them and use them around town and just film stuff. I just really took I really liked that style. I don't know. I was I was also just really just trying to consume as many documentaries as I could at the time. Um, and as much nonfiction film and, you know, a bit of everything else too. But I really just, that was kind of this, that was the moment when I realized that I, I wanted to take direct cinema or documentary more seriously because I, you know, I just looked around and I just, I realized that mm. no one was doing anything quite like this. I just wanted to put all my favorite things together into the same place. Was there a moment for you where you kind of realized uh, in your life that you knew, like a eureka moment where you knew exactly what you wanted to do or, or where you wanted to be? Like you've been working towards that? Mm, no. I, <laughs> as I'm thinking about being a kid or, or when things start uh, or stop, I either have incredibly bad memory or it all feels like the same same kind of thing. I know that a lot of the reasoning for why I do why I do is just like pure desperation and boredom um, and trying to make sense out of things and, and moods and just kind of everyday life as well, I guess. Why is it through uh, song? The fun thing about working with the uh, with, with song and songwriting is that you can kind of have all these different layers of what the song is. Like you can write a melodically really happy sounding song and then contrast it with stranger or uh, darker or mundane lyrics. It kind of just feels how you want it to feel depending on uh, how you want to listen to the song. I think it's like a, a really fun medium f to interact with and hopefully for other people to interact with. Is there a desired activity that you want your listeners to be to be doing while you're, they're listening to your music? Yeah, preferably I want them to be, you know, jerking off and sobbing <laughs> at the same time. Me, me, <laughs> me too, in my movies. <laughs> That's so funny because that's exactly what I do when I watch your movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm paying you a, the highest compliment. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't even know. I once heard uh, my music in a coffee shop in Copenhagen in Denmark. That was fun. 
did you start point did you start pointing at the speakers and telling people it was you? <laughs> no. <laughs> because that's what that's what I did when the the billboard went up for my show uh, a few a few weeks ago. I stood I stood underneath it for a few days and I just kept <laughs> I kept pointing at it and telling people that it was me. You know, most people didn't care, but I thought it was really funny. Yeah. It's cool. It's crazy to have a billboard. I don't think I've ever had a billboard of myself. I'd probably do a little, you know, a casual selfie with 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 it. You wouldn't camp out under it underneath it for days at a time? No, but I love that you went camping. <laughs> I think your approach is probably healthier. Yeah, they actually let me keep the billboard. I asked them for it. Uh <laughs> And they told me that they never let people. I mean, they tell me that no one's ever asked, and that they usually just throw them out. And I'm asked if I can keep it, but now I have this massive piece of vinyl in your house. That yeah, that it has no, it has no other. Like, there's nowhere else you could put it except for Times Square. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but but I hated I hated the idea of it being thrown away. You know. Well, don't you have a storage unit for your for your chair replica? Right. Yeah. So I guess I could store it in there, but you know, I like to, or maybe I'll rent a separate one. I like <laughs> to have the chair and it's almost like a, like what do the Egyptians do? Kind of like a, yeah, tomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting. It seems like you're good at and concerned with preserving and documenting and kind of archiving um, things and where does that come from, this, this urge? Do you know? When, when I started making movies, I didn't really know why I was making them. And then, you know, I went to school and, and I started to read a lot more kind of academic stuff about movies. Mm. And, you know, I started to think more deeply about what, like, why I was making movies and not, you know, painting or or you know writing or doing something else and I, I kind of came to the point where like I felt like film and video is for me is is best used as like a as as like a, a document of something mm. like I, I really like to use it it's such a great way to capture something that's disappearing and you know I was always just so afraid of losing things that I loved and I wanted to capture as much as I possibly could just for preservation and archival purposes, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't always know where all that raw material was going to end up. I just felt like the impulse to capture it was the right one. Yeah. I, I write what I do every day in these calendars, you know, I still don't know what, like, I don't want, anyone to really have them I don't know what they're for and they kind of make me sad but I you know I still do it because it's just a lot of raw data that you know could have an application one day somewhere and you know I felt like even even the worst documentaries like yeah succeed as like a raw footage of a very specific time and place that's how i feel about my movies too is that even if even if people wanted had to mute it while they were watching because they didn't like the sound of my voice at, at, at the very least it would succeed as just raw footage of new york city in like a in a otherwise unremarkable period 
I think at first when I saw your film, The Spiritual Life of Wholesale Sale Goods, I was just amazed at, over your ability as a director of photography. <laughs> you know? Uh, thanks. When I got there, I was buzzed into the warehouse and walked up to their showroom, which was right next to a Buddhist center. Fortunately, the vice president was there, so I was able to talk to him for a few minutes about the company. And I didn't bring anything to test my new microphone, but he lent me a pair of Trisonic headphones, which sounded fantastic. I think we like to look at our products holistically, more than just a screwdriver or a light bulb. Because a screwdriver and a light bulb can bring you happiness. It can bring you comfort. It's not just, uh, uh, it's a 75 cent item or it's a $1.50 item. It can be much more than that. So sometimes the translations don't come out exact one for one, but this says to see clearly within ourselves is the most difficult thing to do. The way you juxtapose these anecdotes essays. I don't know what you call them, really. <laughs> How did you decide to work that way? It just, it, it's, I just, yeah, I really like it. It gives so much space. The work is kind of like a, a chill, uh, like a stew of all of these different things. And, you know, a big part of it is like, you know, journalism and, and you know, some of my favorite essayists, you know, like Susan Orlean or, um, Janet Malcolm, like Gay Talese. Mm. These, these are all kind of writers that I just am obsessed with. And I wanted there to be, uh, you know, I, 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 wanted, I wanted it to feel like, a, like an essay because I was always afraid of writing. It, it was like pulling teeth to get me to write even a basic email for years because, you know, I, 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 I didn't know how to, how to start it or end it and <laughs> everything in the middle. I, you know, I, I just didn't, I, I, I didn't know like what part of me um, was writing the email. So I, you know, I, I wanted to just start writing to force myself to become comfortable with it. And um, that's where the, the whole kind of narration comes from mm -hmm. is, is trying to get over my fear of writing and, and of, of hearing the sound of my recorded voice do you come up with like a, a a theme for the song and then you 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 fill it out with lyrics? I just don't get like when I'm writing, you know, mm. like do you, do you just write a long body of text and then like how do you know when the bridge is or, or how do you know <laughs> when the bridge is or like how do you know when like what part goes where and like because if you're telling a story, at what point do you interrupt that story with like a refrain? Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, you tell me. I think that's, it's tricky to answer. I think I'm really bad at linear thought and writing. <laughs> like I've never, I don't think I've ever written an essay, for example. Um, and so for me, when I write, or I'm kind of obsessed with uh, documenting uh, my life in a way. Um, or the moods that enter in a day. And so a lot of the, the basis of the song is, is, is normally some sort of 
strange punchline of how I felt in the day, you know, and then I can kind of work out from that. Usually it's something funny to me in hindsight, uh, mostly because it's a little tragic or uh, just a little boring or something. Um, and then I just sort of, yeah, it, it, all my songs tends to come out of a, a thought or a sentence or something I overheard. So, but then you're like, uh, it's like, oh, it's, you know, you overhear something and then you think, and then you think I got to make a, uh, a song you can dance to, uh, out of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to come with, a, with an example. Oh, I love to, I love to go to karaoke fuck what's that place called it's like frank's or something in downtown brooklyn i remember going there once and um all the singers there are like really good i'm not a very good um singer it's next to next to bam yeah 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 frank's cocktail or whatever yeah they're so good at singing there um i remember going there and listening to all the people sing it being amazing and i was like i'm gonna try to sing sexual healing by Marvin Gaye and I've had a few of Frank's cocktails at the time and you know I totally bombed um and it was really embarrassing to me and then I um kind of yeah then I went home and wrote a song about uh you know my version of a Marvin Gaye song basically so it's just like uh I was just writing about how sex with me is probably mediocre but I have other things to offer um, and then I thought it would be really sad if that was just like a, a slow, sad ballad. And so I tried to make it into um, like a dance song <laughs> out of necessity. <laughs> I think, yeah, successfully. I know, I, I think I have a similar impulse, um, which I, I noticed when I was listening to that, that very song, is, is to take something that you're self-conscious about and turn it into something that makes other people happy, <laughs> you know, it just like, so it's not just a kind of a net loss, you know, exactly. not something that, that always makes you sad. Sometimes I rub my ghost egg until I can almost see it, but right now all I need is your cerebral per diem. Then Do you find yourself like being self-deprecating as a, a form of therapy? Definitely. I like, you know, shaping experiences or feelings about myself that are negative into something that I think is, is beautiful, which is you know, music. I try to make the, the most beautiful melodic thing out of it. Um, and that's really helpful to me uh, for sure. Yeah. Do you go to actual therapy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. My my friends have told me to go to therapy a bunch of times, but I, t I said no because, like, for, for me, the work is, is kind of, like, all of these things are, are completely unprocessed mm. when they go into a voiceover or as I'm filming. You know, it's like I'm, I'm really working through all of this stuff. Yeah. In real time, kind of on screen and as I'm recording. It's kind of important for me. But it's maybe, you know, obviously not the most healthy way to go about it. But do you feel like that helps you um, creatively, like mm -hmm. to, 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 to process it in, in like a separate space? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think probably the real processing is probably through kind of hashing it out in my, I guess, work, my my biggest hobby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got diagnosed with a, a disorder called bipolar 2. Um, and after that, uh, I, I think a lot of my friends and a family and stuff started to uh, ask me to take things seriously and not just have pour pour everything into um, uh, just my my music or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So after that, it was yeah. kind of like okay, just have a like get some sleep and talk to some people and stuff. Yeah, I know. I I, I think that's a much better idea. I told my <laughs> friends what I told what I just said and. You know, they they still thought that I was being stupid and that that it wasn't smart. So, uh, who knows? I may, but I don't know. I'm doing okay right now. That's good. So surprisingly, your work is really healing to me and all of my uh, friends, and it's kind of yeah, definitely doing a lot more than any therapy session has done. So there there is that <laughs> about art. I am curious about how you. Because this is so brave uh, to me. You kind of enter any sort of public setting with in a really disarming way, like you're some sort of judgeless alien. You can just approach strangers in such a cool way that, uh, and you're so warm to them and, and they warm up to you. And do you know, like, how did you figure out how to, do that or, or how did you dare to start doing that that was another thing that I forced myself to do because of social anxiety the camera was this tool it gave like purpose to the relationship in a way that I, I, I don't often have mm. like when I just approach someone normally in New York which I've also been been getting better at I think the whole process with the cameras made me a lot better at it but it, it, you just kind of have to roll the dice with people sometimes. And I just really love talking to people that don't usually have the microphone. And a lot of the time people have a lot to say. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, it was hard at first to, to, to get over the social anxiety that I usually have. But it's really rewarding because people just a lot of people just want to show you their world you know they'll just <laughs> you know I'll just I'll, I'll I'll walk up to people sometimes and you know I don't I don't give them my name I don't give them anything they just see that I have a camera and they just open a door and just say you know right this way <laughs> and, and 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 I I I cannot explain why that is uh, or like you know and or predict when it's going to happen but when it does it's, it's just one of the most exciting feelings in the world to me. And it's just like a high that I can't really replace, you know, like, uh, or substitute for anything else. It's like when I feel like I'm hearing something that no one else has heard or seeing something that no one else has seen, it gets me really, really excited. And that's my favorite part of, part of everything. So, yeah. And, and I, th I think that if you're just honest with people and tell them what you're doing, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah. Like if... You know, even if I'm just filming someone from across the street and then I run up to them to ask them for uh, like an image release, you know, just if they ask what it's for, just say, you know, I was making an episode about small talk, you know, and, 
and I, you and your friend were making small talk and you tapped each other when you went away. And I thought that was really cool uh, because that's a pattern I noticed. And sometimes they ask to see the clip and you show it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty much it. But, you know, and some people obviously don't want to be filmed. You can tell immediately. <laughs> and you just move on, you know, and you apologize. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of the work of... Uh... Of, uh, of Daniel Arnold, you know the photographer. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're friends. Oh cool! I I'm always so amazed about the the images that he he also is able to capture. I'm just like, how do you even dare to to click the button? I I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, street street photographers have a you need a bit of armor. If someone does get upset, you know you have to kind of have to like have your own ways of dealing with that. Yeah. You know with with someone like Daniel Arnold's photo- you know, photography, that kind of street photography, you're, you're moving so fast that most of the time people don't even notice. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little less intrusive in a way. The, 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 with the video, you know, it's, it's a much different challenge and you have to think about like a whole bunch of different little things like composure and like mm. the timing of how long they're going to be in this position you know mm. whatever whatever's happening so that was something that I kind of had to bring my team through you know I, I shoot about three quarters of my show myself but then the, the other quarter is is filmed by this team of second unit filmmakers who just kind of roam uh, roam around the city every single day oh, capturing wow. as much as they as they possibly can so it's just so we have just so we have a, a, a huge library of, of material uh, that's all cataloged that if we need a specific shot of something in the edit, you know, there's a good chance that we have it. That's so cool. Does it, does it take a, a lot of t- time to shoot these, uh, the, the episodes or? It's hard to say. It's, I mean, it, we, we have an obscene amount of footage. And every shot is unique, you know, like we're not doing multiple takes of the same thing, like a normal show. Mm. So it's a lot of stuff to ingest and kind of get familiar with. I don't know. It The, the thing that takes the longest is just like trying and failing and trying and failing all these different ideas, you know, like you're only seeing what succeeds and you're mm. only seeing the funniest stuff. Um, there's so much that just failed miserably that conceptually might have worked but like the people didn't weren't there or they like we we couldn't uh i don't want to spoil anything coming up I don't know. but yeah. that you know like going down to new orleans for the like the scaffolding convention and then <laughs> the and then like the hard rock hotel just collapses you know it's like that was just going to be one part of the scaffolding episode you know but then the hard rock thing happened and it became a bigger thing yeah you just kind of structure the work around the strongest moments whatever they are so it's like all the strongest moments of reality hopefully captured <laughs> then edited it just the, the, the yeah the longest part is the edit you know yeah you can waste your entire life playing it safe but the real danger is never what you expect it to be. And if you put up too much scaffolding to protect yourself, you might just end up buried underneath it. But if we try real hard to take it down, piece by piece, eventually one day it'll all be gone. 
and only then will we know if it was all for show. I, I mean, I learned everything from YouTube, but like the college I went to was like an experimental film college. They taught you how to use like 16 millimeter or like optical printers, you know, uh. like nothing that prepared you for the industry whatsoever. <laughs> like any, anything I learned at all is just all from just from people on YouTube. You watched a lot of how-to tutorials. Yeah, exactly. And then I was just like, hmm, I wonder like why this guy looks sad. And then I, you know. <laughs> started to like make my own how-to videos yeah so cool Have you noticed a, a big change in yourself after you, you finished an album or a song? I guess uh, hindsight is a bitch, but you can also learn from her. Um, I don't really notice uh, so much growth per se. Yeah, I'm, st I'm still not aware of the reasoning why, but I do know that I feel better putting something into a recording and then putting it behind me <laughs> what about you for me it's just trying to do something constructive with something sad or something that bothers me I usually feel better admitting something publicly that I would otherwise suffer privately I made a movie about regret you know and mm -hmm. I talk a lot about saying stuff that sticks with you forever you know like there there, there are certain things that I just I say that I've said throughout my life that just that like once a week I think about and I just like <laughs> I just you know it's just so painful thinking about things that I said that I wish I could take back admitting that publicly in a video mm -hmm. is, is a way for me to almost apologize to people and to let them know you know that I, I can't speak to every single one of you but I'm sorry mm. <laughs> for the stuff that I did you know and, and it, it makes me feel a little better even though they may never see it that's beautiful. That makes sense. I'm not an alcoholic, but I'm always so tired. I'm always bored and always feel kinda bad I can't seem to get no sleep at night I used to call me every night this time his hands cold smelled of garlic but looked like a vampire to be honest, they were not that nice. How I'd like to get his scent of How do you take failure? I take failure every day, along with my B12 and my uh, uh, toast. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, it's a supplement? It's my supplement. <laughs> it's just there. It's fine. What about you? <laughs> Do you take criticism well? 
Yeah, I think so because I think uh, I'm uh, pretty insecure. So, or maybe not so insecure, but I guess self-critical. Yeah, I feel like it would be weird if everything was just uh, received uh, as something that is perfect and fine. When yeah, I guess I'm aware that nothing I make is perfect and fine yet, even though it would be cool to get there someday. No, but it's good. It's it's healthy to be self-critical, or else you might become a monster. Yeah, I don't want to be a monster. <laughs> yeah, as long as you yeah you get to it before other people do. It's kind of, uh, yeah, that is it's like a defense mechanism. I remember going to a party at one point uh, at a bar, and this woman there told me that she wished that my voice was two octaves lower. And um, <laughs> I, that, that's, I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, and that was when I realized that I wanted to lean into it even harder. Yeah. That's fucked up. Also, your voice is great. Um, whoa, what a crazy bar. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone at the bar, I guess, must have had really deep, deep, gravelly voices, except for me. They were like, "Another drink, please." Yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna YouTube uh, how to dismantle IKEA beds. So I'll be thinking about you uh, for the rest of the day. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Well, th thanks for thanks for talking to me too. I feel like uh, you could probably dismantle an IKEA bed with a with a an axe. Yeah, with brute force. <laughs> In all earnest, it was great talking to you and, and getting to know you over this call and everything. And and thanks so much for asking me to do it. it. It it's really touching that you liked the movies enough to ask me to talk. Since you've been gone. Everything's in comics on. Fuse is produced by Libby Flores, associate publisher at Bomb. It is edited and engineered by Will Smith, with production assistance by Josh Dasa. I'm Chantal McStay, associate editor at Bomb Magazine. Our theme music is Black Origami by Jalen. You're listening to Comic Sans by OK Kaya. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Subscribe to Fuse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Am I better off? Am I better off? Am I better off? Cycle.